Hi, this is Dr. Michael Walker with this week's 5-Minute Advocate. And this week, I'd like to talk about corporatization of nonprofits. Sometimes words change their meaning over time, and I feel one of these is corporatization. When I hear people say corporatization these days, they mean acting like a corporation. So you have corporatization of education or corporatization of the public sector. Today, I want to talk about corporatization under its older definition. Corporatization in the sense of being incorporated into something. In this case, the state. It's a less commented on side effect of outsourcing. Often I've heard people complain about loss of quality when profit-driven organizations take over public services. Case in point, PwC. But other examples come to mind starting with transportation, as anyone who's caught a bus in Sydney in the last several years will tell you. Governments don't just outsource to the private sector. They also outsource to the non-profit sector. Aged care, emergency housing, employment services, the list goes on. This was particularly rampant under the Howard government, whose ministers believed that charity is a better impulse than government provision. And I'm not saying there isn't some truth in that. It also meant handing out government money to religious organisations, which was a popular move in liberal electoral strategy. For the organisations, it was pretty hard to say no, as it enabled them to scale up their operations. And who doesn't want to reach and serve more people? So many charities and NGOs jumped onto the funding bandwagon and have since grown to become major operations. As it happens, the new meaning of corporatization also describes this phenomenon, but let's just stay with the problem of being incorporated into the state. The part less commented on is that organizations became unwilling to bite the hand that feeds. In some cases, this was actually part of the policy. The Howard government wrote gag clauses into NGO compacts that prevented them from advocating to government. Their fate was to address symptoms, but never causes. These clauses have been rolled back in part, but not in full. Community legal centres, for example, were only just released from gag clauses in January of this year. But even when there is no such clause, the tendency towards self-censorship is pretty obvious. Why would you upset the apple cart and risk your funding? So the effective government funding of non-profits is a serious quietening of the voice of civil society. That's not all. Another downside is mission creep. Let's say you're an organisation that started out providing healthcare to people who couldn't afford it, but you end up administering multi-million dollar hospitals. And before you know it, that's where the bulk of your organisation's resources and attention are being spent. But it wasn't the reason you were founded. So how else are charities going to fund their work? Philanthropy is just a different version of the same problem, if you ask me. In that case, wealthy individuals get to direct which good cause gets funding and which doesn't. If anything, it may be slightly worse. At least the public gets some level of input into government decisions. Why should charity relief be determined by the whims of the Murdoch or the Packer families? It seems there is no substitute for hard work. Raising money the hard way through soliciting donations from supporters. Perhaps with some for-profit operations to help fund your advocacy, 
but never so much that these side ventures become the main, the main game. Even more straightforward is if people pursuing courses keep their operations as asset light as possible, or some combination of all the above. I'll give you an example. One association I belong to operates in Australia and in the Philippines, among other places. The Australian operation has no employees. It is run entirely by volunteers. The Philippines operation has a small staff and it pays for them by running a small printing business. In both cases, the organisation remains free to speak up on behalf of marginalised people without fear or favour. To me, that seems like getting the balance right.